0: Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Real Superstitions and Possible Ghosts edition.
1: Ah. <laughs> that, well put. The superstitions are real, but the ghosts?
0: Possible. Just possible. <laughs> Just possible. Uh, this is in e 64 The Dark Side of Rainbows. What? <laughs> and Paranormal Activity at the Playboy Mansion. Well, I'm excited.
1: Uh, <laughs> Gosh, well, damn, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Uh, I, I really want to hear about
0: these ghosts at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> I had no idea. No one ever told me. Yeah, I had no idea about about these uh, spooky little tales that we're going to get into. Uh, oh. I'm really excited. I'm really excited.
1: I'm pumped as well.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the uh, struggling Marissa Riley. Thank you. <laughs> That's me.
1: Uh, if by struggling, you mean my voice. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yes, it it is a struggle to speak currently. (laughs) I am getting over some laryngitis. I'm totally fine. No COVID. Multiple tests were taken. However, (laughs) I was left with this sexy voice. Yes. um, Oh, yeah. Super sexy. For the weekend so this welcome to welcome to me Um, (laughs) welcome to sexy you welcome to sexy (laughs) laryngitis voice dr marissa
0: at your service Mm, it's gonna be 30 minutes 30 minutes of bliss (laughs) there yep yep uh if this is your first time listening welcome to the flock welcome (laughs) (laughs) dr riley here uh comes in cold and learns everything in real time just like you it's true. I had no idea what
1: we were going to talk about. Um, Jill tried to give me <laughs> a clue, but whenever she gives me a clue, it d- it's like it the opposite of helps. <laughs> it makes things even more broad and confusing. <laughs> she was like, so tomorrow we're talking about something we've never talked about before.
0: And I was like, that's so not helpful in any way. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm like even more stressed because I'm like, well, maybe she's on like a, she's been talking about brains a lot or butts (laughs) or something. And now I'm like, well, it's neither of those. I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. uh,
0: Should we get into it then? We absolutely should. (laughs) All right. right, To begin. Sorry about Uh, that. It's okay. To begin, let's head on back in time to the magical year that was... 1980. Wow, the magic. <laughs> so much magic. Uh, we're traveling around the globe and landing in the tiny mountainside community of Tugu. Cute. I, uh... I don't know where this is, but <laughs> the
1: the name Tugu is just...
0: Adorable. Adorable. Yeah. So where is Tugu, you ask? Uh, not a problem. Everyone, picture. Picture. The mighty continent of Australia. Ah, I can do that. Okay. Now move your eyes a wee 8,500 miles northwest. Okay. And boom, we're looking at and standing on the Indonesian island of Java. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which looks a little bit like a comma. Cute. Think okay. about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and at the northern tip of that comma is good old Tugu. Good old Tugu. <laughs> That's- and I'm happy to say we're not alone. Uh, we're with Robert Blust, who at the time was a professor at the University of Leiden in the Netherlands. Nice. So on this particular day, he and a bunch of fellow professor friends were outside waiting for lunch to arrive when, in proper island paradise fashion a rainbow appeared. Oh, classic. I know. And he did what any one of us would do, uh, point to it and say, holy shit, a rainbow. <laughs> there you go. And yeah. this is this sounds like before iPhones. Yes. So you,
1: But that back before an iPhone, you couldn't take a picture of something. You just had to talk about it. Yeah, I know. And or... people had to believe you. It was really strange That's time. That's insane. That's yeah. insane.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so one of Robert's friends, though, noted that in Sumatra an island west of java where they were from it's bad luck to point at a rainbow
1: i had no idea i point at them literally all the time i've been fucking up (laughs) i can't i mean i can't not point at a rainbow i know it's really
0: hard and then take
1: 40 pictures of (laughs) it and they're all terrible i've never taken a good picture of a rainbow i don't know how you guys are doing it yeah mine are fuzzy and just
0: yeah, rough. just not magical. No, what you're not... no. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: another friend from another Indonesian island in the archipelago said the same. That as a child, they were told that if they ever pointed at a rainbow, that finger would break. Are you serious? <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm stressed <laughs> and stay bent like the shape of a rainbow. Now, this... oh, <laughs> like, so or hooked. maybe the other way.
1: Oh, oh the other oh, way. Oh, I don't like that.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> so this little moment and cultural exchange kind of burrowed into robert's mind uh, it stuck with him throughout his stay in java and followed him back to the netherlands where he decided you know what i'm gonna go into full professor mode about this rainbow thing i want to know if pointing at rainbows is a no-no anywhere else okay and thus his quest began okay for- <laughs> i thought he was gonna
1: study if it actually happened and i'd ah. want to go up to him and be like robert <laughs> Put the coke down. Yes, sorry, the '80s, man. Put <laughs> the drugs yeah. down. Nothing. I gotta good follow nothing. this rainbow, man. Come on. <laughs> I gotta see if my finger cracks next <laughs> time. So my boy out a rainbow. Robert, chill. Yeah, but it sounds like he's looking. I mean,
0: More culturally. Exactly. Yes. You got it. Yeah. No Coke in this story, unfortunately. Oh, that's fine. So, uh, first he combed through his university's ethnography department, looking for other cultures' stories and folklore. And wouldn't you know it, quote, the first hint that he was onto something bigger came from a report of a prohibition on pointing to rainbows in India. It did not take long for the shock to set in. He Uh told Kenzie Cooper Ryder of Atlas Obscura. The rainbow taboo, as he would come to call the phenomenon, was not confined to Southeast Asia end quote." So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us where did this take Robert, and what the hell did he discover? Uh, what did he discover next, as reported by Kenzie Rider. I would love to tell you. <laughs> it's a fun name.
1: Kenzie Cooperrider. let's do it. Let's do it, man. All right, quote, "Blust began a cast. Blust began I,
0: I, I can it's do okay, this. Take your time
1: quote. Blust began to cast a wider net. He sent questionnaires to colleagues and missionary stations around the world, inquiring about rainbows and taboos related to them. He would soon amass evidence for the rainbow taboo in some form or another in 140 cultures. Oh, my God. 124. Oh, (laughs) It's fine. I have no excuse for getting that wrong. Uh, 124 cultures is still a lot. Taboos turned up in North America among the Atsugawi of Northern California and the Lakota of the Northern Plains in remote parts of Australia and isolated islands in Melanesia among uh, the Nyabwa of... Uh, the Ivory Coast, and the Kiwa of Brazil. That
0: was hard. That was hard. Good, good, great job. I'm just going to take a quick breath before we (laughs) move forward. A shit ton of people.
1: That was a lot of people. A lot of people have a lot of feelings about these rainbows. Okay, Uh, continuing the quote. At one time, it was present in Europe, too. One of the Grimm brothers noted it. In his book on German mythology, the belief was not found in every culture, according to Bless search, but it was present globally across all inhabited regions. End quote. So it sounds like
0: everyone. Yeah, a little bit of everyone is stressed about rainbows. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I got it. Exactly. I Uh, I did a little digging as well. (coughs) And the Navajo of North America also have a superstition. Uh, According to NavajoCodeTalkers.org, if you point at a rainbow, that rainbow will cut off that their pointing finger. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. And just to clarify, all of the cultures
1: that I mentioned and you mentioned, it all has to do with pointing at a rainbow. exactly. Correct. And some sort of consequence. Yes. Not just rainbows are bad but like if you point if you point to it yeah,
0: yeah. What, the <laughs> what the fuck what the fuck yeah what it really brings down the room you know <laughs> so, like, so. god explain yeah. more so yeah now the navajo um theory of pointing at a rainbow is slightly different has a slightly different end result than the indonesian belief and it turns out each culture with a rainbow taboo has their own variation as to what happens. Uh, In most cases, yes, something would happen to the finger itself, like it might become bent or paralyzed. It might even fall off. No, There are tales of fingers withering away, rotting or swelling up. Some fingers develop warts, ulcers. Some become eaten from the inside out by maggots. That's okay. That's horrifying. (laughs) You know,
1: it's like I'm trying to figure out why this have started yeah like what is this helping what is this helping us because i mean like it'd be one thing like if the the thing was uh if you look at the sun your eyeballs will fall out that would make sense yeah it's not going to happen but it would teach children and people Mm -hmm. not to stare at the sun those are
0: great questions yeah but
1: yeah what what did something happen to every (laughs) single person Like a bird shit on them every time they (laughs)
0: pointed. I mean, I am aware that the world was quite different. Yes. A while back, but great questions. You also bring up a good point about time. Let's, we should get into that. Okay. Yeah, let's get into that. Tell me. Tell me everything. Okay. More about the bad shit that would happen. Um, Sometimes the bad luck would strike someone else. Oh, dear. Like someone you love. Why? Uh, (laughs) For example, in parts of New Guinea and Australia, all this bad shit would happen to your mother instead of you.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's ridiculous.
0: Now, I know what you're thinking along with all these other questions that you just brought up. uh, what What if I'm in one of these beautiful parts of the world and catch myself pointing at a rainbow? Don't worry, I got you covered. Ready? This is how we take care of it.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Now, all you need to do, in most cases, is, quote, wet the offending digit by, you guessed it, putting it into a body cavity like your mouth, anus, or belly button, or, according to the Javanese version of the taboo, uh, plunge it into a pile of buffalo dung, end quote, from atlasobscura.com. Uh, you know, it, you made it more confusing. <laughs>
1: no. I was hoping. Didn't see that coming. I I really didn't. And I really don't understand what this is. Like, what is, is this like a plague thing? (laughs) But but putting it in your mouth, you should never put your finger in your mouth unless you've washed it in hot water. But, yeah.
0: I know. What? Yeah, how, yeah. We're getting to this part now. How and why would this even start? Who told who to stick their finger up their ass to make a situation better? Well, What can I say, but humans are pretty creative and love to fuck with each other. That's what I think. But Robert developed a few sound theories, and we're going to go with those. Okay. (laughs) So, back in the day, many, many moons ago, when nature was even more mysterious and intimidating than it is now, rainbows were considered mystical, even sacred. Oh. They were supernatural portals to another realm. They were considered something beyond human. That makes sense. I can see yeah. that. And the act of pointing at someone, well, that's just flat out rude, and that even holds true today. Yeah. So it's possible the taboo came about because of the combination of these two things. If you stick your pointy, rude digit in the face of something otherworldly, you're going to get your comeuppance, basically. I see. Yeah.
1: So they're seeing
0: it like a god or something, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're like, don't point. Don't point at that thing. We don't know. We don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Exactly. I got it. Exactly. Now, Robert's investigation went on from 1980 all the way through 1998. And it seemed wherever he went, new folklore would pop up. My God. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh, journalist Kenzie Cooper Ryder was curious if these superstitions are still around today in 2021. So he got in contact with a friend that could pri- provide a little insight. Um, Dr. Marissa, please take us back to Southeast Asia. I would love to. All right. Quote, Nick
1: Enfield, a, lingu- a lingu- you got it. <laughs> linguistic yeah. anthropologist at the University of Sydney, had previously observed the taboo while conducting fieldwork in Laos. When I, Kenzie, emailed him for more details, he asked an elderly man in Vientiane Vientiane, who told him the taboo was still something the old people talk about, but Enfield notes, it does not appear to be taken very seriously and may be more something one teases children about. and
0: out. There you go. Okay. And that's pretty telling. I mean, like all of us as children, we've probably heard some urban legend and we've spread that belief to new friends who go on to tell their friends about it or maybe talk about it on a podcast. Yep. And there you go. The, poli- the belief lives on, spreading far and wide and maybe changing a little bit along the way. Yeah. So I have no doubt that kid in Vientiane will get old and... With the best of intentions, traumatize a young child, gleefully pointing at a rainbow, and the beautiful cycle will continue. What a beautiful cycle. (laughs) Yes.
1: Traumatizing children. on, that's
0: it. It's just... I think that's what it came down to.
1: (laughs) It's a global tradition uh, to traumatize children. I get it. I get it.
0: (laughs) I think so. It's all come together now. (laughs) I see. After the break, speaking of getting freaked out, we're heading to LA. Ooh. And I hope you like ghost stories. uh, (laughs) Because... We're gonna listen to we're gonna listen to a bunch of spooky shit. I'm into it. So please stay tuned. Please
1: do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting
0: to your happy place
1: for a happy price Go to your happy price,
0: price, line. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities What do you do when the woman you love dies? And Jethro, Box of Oddities, that is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you the other ones. (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting.
1: And we're back. We are so back.
0: (laughs) We are so back. Hang in there. We're almost done. (laughs) We're almost done. And we're uh, in Holmby Hills, a small section of Los Angeles uh, just west of Beverly Hills, California. Fun. Now, if the word Holmby sounds a little starchy and, well, fucking old, you're not too far off. It was developed in the early 20th century to complete what's called the Platinum Triangle of L.A. Oh, my. That being Bel Air, Beverly Hills, and, of course, Homey Hills. <laughs> Why so hard have I to never say.
1: heard of it? That's I know. so funny.
0: It, it's very old Hollywood, and just to give you an idea about its over-the-top opulence and old Hollywood gaudy glamour, a little road called Sunset Boulevard runs through it. Oh, I've heard of that road. Yeah. Yes, I have. So, uh, also at its southern edge is a home. Uh, well, actually, a mansion. <laughs> it's uh, a twenty-two thousand square foot Gothic Tudor style mansion. That was built in 1927 and acquired by Playboy in 1971 for $1.1 million. Fine. (laughs) Today that would be around $7.5 million. Uh, But that's still kind of a deal when you hear about what the fuck is inside it. Yes. Dr. Marissa, according to the Playboy Mansion wiki, please tell us about... You know about what's some of what's behind its many doors i would absolutely love
1: to all right quote the mansion has 29 rooms including a wine cellar with a prohibition era secret door a screening room with built-in pipe organ (laughs) okay a game room (laughs) three zoo avery buildings and related pet cemetery a tennis and basketball court a waterfall and a swimming pool area including patio and barbecue area a grotto a basement gym with sauna below the bathhouse landscaping includes a large koi pond with an artificial stream a small citrus orchard and two well-established forests (laughs) (laughs) of tree ferns and redwoods jesus lot the West wing originally uh, servants wing uh, houses the editorial offices of Playboy the main Avery uh, building is the original greenhouse with four guest rooms adjoining the master suite occupies several rooms on the second and third floor and is most heavily rent is the most heavily renovated area of the mansion proper Otherwise, the mansion proper is maintained in its original Gothic revival furnishings for the most part, end quote.
0: All right, that's a lot of shit. A lot of shit. You did a great job. Thanks for reading that for us. No problemo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, my friends, it has certainly kept its Gothic exterior, and what can I say? It's it's really not the most welcoming-looking mansion. Um, yeah. In, in fact, I'd like to show you the first photo that comes up on the wiki. And uh, Dr. Dr. Marissa, I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna pull it up here for you. Just tell me how you feel when you look at it. Sure. <laughs> and of course, all photos will be on our Instagram, Twitter, social media stuff. So come on by and take a look at what this place looks like at night. Okay. This is e. one one. This is one wing of the uh, Playboy Mansion at night. Okay. I mean, it.
1: I don't want to go. <laughs> I.
0: That's my initial thought. Is I don't want to go. This is a rough photo. It's rough. This
1: is not the best mm-hmm. photo. It's. You know, if we were to take elements away, I'd be into it. But it's basically kind of like a gothic mansion, right? And um, it's got pretty vines all over it. And it's got, like, landscaping and little specially trimmed up bushes and, like, um, stone stairways and stuff. But the thing I really don't like about it is the lighting. Yes, it's lit from underneath. It's lit from underneath with these blue lights and it's just tacky. It's like, it looks like they're trying to make it look like a nightclub. But it's, mm. I'm like, do maybe like white lights? I don't know. Just the blue is really throwing me off.
0: Yeah. It's ugly. It's a little bit, it's also a little um, unsettling because it's gothic. Uh, it's towering. It's very pointy. A lot yeah. of triangles. So it's a little uncomfortable. Um Kind of like a castle. It's kind of like a castle, exactly. There's even like an orb in the photo. It does not help. It doesn't matter. See it up there? orb? See it right up there? Why? Sure, okay. Yeah, so we're going to pan back and see the entire property uh, in the daytime this time in a separate photo. Uh, Honestly, it doesn't do much in throwing down the welcome mat, but hey, that's just this particular photo. What do you see here, Dr. Marissa? Okay. What does it make you feel?
1: Oh, I mean... It looks very British. Yeah, right? It looks like I'm in the British. I mean, like, you can kind of see the city in the back, but if you put your hand over the city part, it looks like um, like you're in the British countryside. Yeah, an old, an old manor. manor. And it's got, I have no idea what this is called, but it's got like a... Rotunda? Rotunda, that's, that's it. it yeah. I'm just going to trust that everyone knows <laughs> what that is. If you don't look at the picture, it's got it's like a round driveway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean when parties aren't being thrown, this vast mansion stands mostly empty, uh, and its true true vibe kind of shows through. Uh, for some of the women who lived at Playboy Mansion, they've admitted that when it's downtime, that's when the spirits show up. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. Did you know there's an entire TV show
1: about some of the girls who live there? I learned that. Researching this, <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. I watched a little bit of yeah. it back when it was. On, I think it was on like E or Bravo. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh what is it called? What is it called? I think it was called The, the girls, girls Next, Next Door. Door. <laughs> and these girls, I mean, we're gonna talk
0: about them. Really? Yeah,
1: yeah. Holly Madison, I remember, was actually very we're, intelligent. We're gonna bring and cool. her up. Yes. Um, the other two were great too, but like. The, yeah. the, he had like three main girlfriends yes it's very interesting yes
0: yeah uh one of them uh, we're gonna talk about Holly in a minute but uh, first we're gonna talk about Bridget Marquod yes, oh, yes. you know her yeah I know uh, all of them okay. are we gonna talk about Kendra too uh Kendra doesn't come up but uh, the, I, I I picked these two because they okay. they uh they were recently out, we'll talk about it okay, all right. let's talk it's about all coming back <laughs>
1: to me now I remember everything <laughs> anyways tell me tell me
0: uh am I saying her last name right is it, is it marquod I don't remember. I just remember it was like Bridget, Bridget, Holly, and Kendra. Okay. Well, Bridget lived in the mansion from 2002 until 2009. And for her and her most vivid experience with the unexplained happened with other witnesses around. So this is really interesting. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what Bridget told the paranormal activity podcast, Dark House back in october as reported by the new york post i would love
1: to quote bridget this is awesome (laughs) all right quote one evening my sister myself and my friend stacy were all sitting on my bed the one-time e-network staple and playboy bunny said adding that she'd purchased a new puppy earlier that day we were talking having a glass of wine and the tv was on All of the sudden, out of the corner of all of our eyes, we saw a woman standing in my closet. She had long, black, stringy hair, very pale, very thin. She was wearing a white t-shirt that was too big on her (laughs) and black acid washy jeans. She was just standing there staring she was more modern day and i felt like i recognized who she was of course when i turned to look at it straight on it was gone end quote so she saw a ghost from the fucking 80s man
0: (laughs) that's why standing in her closet why not i'm into it uh this super brief encounter left marquard's sister in tears and her friend could only respond by covering her eyes uh, with her hands in shock, uh, I think the puppy was fine, so that's good. I'm glad you
1: <laughs> said something about the puppy, the puppy was, I, I needed he's probably to having it. a great
0: time probably yeah the best time yeah as for who the hell could have been standing in that closet, well, Bridget has an idea uh, back in two thousand two, Bridget went to the mansion to do whatever it is you have to do when you apply as a playmate uh, and there she met. Joni oh is this the old woman who uh, manages you know. everything that's right uh that's i really right. do remember a lot okay <laughs> yeah Joni was quote a social secretary of the mansion she was super friendly she was kind of like the house mom she knew all about the pets she knew all about the girls she was just amazing oh i'm pretty sure it was her who was standing there she told dark house what? So, and I think she came to see the new addition to the mansion, the new pet that was there, my dog Wednesday, Aww. end quote. So Joni, my friends, passed away from cancer shortly after Bridget got the job. And this event happened years after. Wow. Yeah. I know. So uh, Bridget went. Went on to tell the podcast smaller, weird things would happen around the place, like doors that would slam or lock on their own, and visitors getting a private tour would mention feeling uncomfortable when entering the mansion's gaming quarters. And that's, my friend, my friends, that's where we're heading next. Cool. (laughs) Sorry, I stumbled there. All good. Take me to the gaming quarters. here we go. Dr. Marissa, I know your voice is, I know you're struggling, so let me know if you want to read what Holly Madison Uh, who lived there as Hefner's girlfriend from 2001 to 2008, told Nylon Magazine.
1: I'm going to give it a strong effort, and if I can't do it, I'm going to pass the baton on to you.
0: Great. Okay, but
1: let's let's get this party started. All right. (laughs) Quote, The mansion is a home that's very intriguing for so many reasons. People talk about it being haunted. There's all these weird urban legends like trafficking tunnels. It takes on a life of its own, she said. In one encounter, she was in the basement gym and saw a woman come out of the bathroom and cross in front of her and out of her line of vision. The woman was contemporary looking wearing a hot pink sports bra and black workout pants. Madison figured she was a playmate who was doing photo tests. Madison walked around the corner to see where she had walked to and saw another door and figured she'd gone out of the way. But when she opened the door, it was just a shallow closet. There wasn't any way the woman could have exited the gym without passing Madison again. She had vanished. I never saw that woman again in my life, she says, and quote there you go. Oh my god.
0: That's right, working out in the afterlife. Ooh. Yep. Why? <laughs> Why? So, get this. Uh, Bridget and Madison also mentioned the housekeeping staff would say they felt super uneasy going into the game house and game room and would always ask for someone from security to go with them. Weird. Unfortunately, the ladies couldn't get, couldn't get much more information from housekeeping as to why for a super shitty reason. Um, as Madison put it, quote, I was scared shitless that I was going to get in trouble because Hef would get pissed pissed off if we talked to the staff oh so i was terrified to really talk to anyone more than i should than i absolutely had to because i was scared to end quote i know
1: that's
0: fucking fucked up
1: that's really fucked up i'm sorry holly yeah Yeah. but and Bridget. Bridget.
0: Yeah, Uh, But good news, Uh, Hef couldn't keep everything secret. Uh, Brian Olay wasn't a bunny, but the mansion's guest service manager for 20 years. And boy howdy, the staff told him lots of shit, and he himself experienced just as much. Ooh, spill that tea. That's right. (laughs) Spill that tea, Um, Olay. From the Nylon Mag article, Ghosts of the Playboy Mansion, as told by the women who live there, quote, he said he'd often hear from housekeeping staff and butlers about paranormal experiences, like hearing footsteps walking behind them in the hallways. Ugh. Graveyard butlers told, told him they didn't want to go upstairs at night because they felt a weird presence around them. Oh my God. Once, one of the maids told him that while cleaning the game house, the door the maid had propped open suddenly slammed shut. The jukebox started playing, and a couple of keys on the piano dinged. That's awful. That's yeah. terrifying. She refused to continue cleaning unless security was there. Fair, end fair, quote. fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Mercer, would you like to tell us what happened to him personally? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. Yes.
1: Okay. All right. Quote, one day he was waiting for a Playboy executives meeting in the library to end. So Oli could, Oliya, Oliya?
0: I think it's Olay. Olay.
1: I'm not, I'm sure. So Olay could get it cleaned up for an event. When the executive left, he went to clean the library, but the door was locked from the inside. <laughs> Security tried a key, but it didn't work. Olay uh, went to talk to a security guard to confirm the exec had left uh, through the front door. And when he came back to the door, it was open two inches. Every hair on my body stood up. He told Nylon. I looked over at the security guard, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) And I said, you saw this too. We're not making this up. Nobody is going to believe us. What the hell just happened? End quote. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. ghost.
0: It was a ghost, not an alien.
1: (laughs) That's right. Not an alien this time. Not an
0: alien this time. Maybe next time. Hopefully, I'm happy to report the ladies slash ex playmates of the mansion are doing very well and are not traumatized by their experience at all. Like you said, they've gone on to do reality TV shows about this time in their lives, uh, and oh. cur- and currently have their own paranormal podcasts. I love that they yeah. have their own paranormal podcasts. That's yeah. pretty great. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Of course, all are these. All are the, the, Let me try that all again. Are delete. These. Delete. Man, delete, man. delete. Delete. Okay. Of course. These are all stories, and honestly, the only physical evidence of a horrifying time at the Playboy Mansion occurred in 2011, when 123 people complained of fever and respiratory illnesses after attending a Domainfest global conference there.
1: Oh my god.
0: Epidemiologists from the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health traced back the outbreak of illnesses to, you guessed it. A hot tub in the mansion's famed grotto. Uh, There, it was found the bacteria that causes Legionnaires' disease. What? So yeah, I'm just gonna say it one more time: 123 people, one hot tub.
1: (laughs) What a conference!
0: Oh my god, that's unlike any
1: conference I've been to. I've never been to a conference, but I hear they're boring.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and this one didn't didn't end well. So the end. (laughs) Well, way to leave
1: me on a note where I have a thousand more questions about Uh, the conference. (laughs) Can we have a follow-up podcast about this goddamn conference? Domain Fest. If you or someone you know is at the Domain Fest Global Conference. In 2011. Yeah. DM us immediately. How are you? What's going on? How are things? What is Domain Fest? (laughs) Is it for websites? (laughs) I don't know. So I will be Googling that on my own time. Maybe I'll come back with an update on that.
0: That's your homework assignment. Okay. (laughs) marissa corner what happened at
1: the conference
0: (laughs) what happened to the hot tub uh thank you for listening subscribing telling your friends about the ghosts at playboy mansion and uh and to never point at a rainbow apparently
1: don't do it don't do it it's or or else um you'll be traumatized as a kid (laughs) i don't know
0: and but always stay interesting oh please do